0: Good evening. You're watching India decides. First, the latest on the face-off with China in Ladakh, with sources now indicating that India is perhaps finally taking a more hardline position. According to sources, the visit of the foreign minister Salman Khurshid is in serious jeopardy, and India is also making it clear that China's concerns along the line of actual control in Ladakh can only be addressed once the status quo returns to the contentious Dolat Beg Oldi region. Foreign Minister Salman Khurshid also said that he would be disappointed if China continues to respond in the same vein. Well, joining us now from Tehran, where she's covering the visit of the Foreign Minister, NDTV's Nidhi Razdan. Nidhi, does it now seem almost certain that Salman Khurshid will not be going to Beijing or is it still too premature to reach that assumption?
1: I think, Vishnu, that it's too premature to say that Mr. Khrushchev will not go to China. I think what is happening is uh, that the Indian government is in two minds about this visit. And what what has been clearly indicated today is that if there is not an adequate response from Beijing on the Ladakh issue in the next few days, then uh, Mr. Khrushchev may call off that visit to China, which would be uh, a big diplomatic slub, snub to Beijing. Now, what uh, he has told us on board uh, in an exclusive interview is that one, India is not satisfied with the talk- on the border row right now, uh, that, uh, that if the uh, response of the Chinese continues to be the way that it is, then India is very, very disappointed with that. Mr. Khrushchev emphasized that he has not yet reviewed uh, the trip to China just yet, that right now his decision to go stands. But he added that he cannot predict what will happen tomorrow, that he cannot say with certainty that he is going to China and that the review of his visit to China, which is scheduled for next week, is a matter of the future. Because he says right now India is concentrating, uh, using talks at various levels to try and return to the status quo at Dalat big Oldi in Ladakh. And, uh, uh, that uh, that China's concern that you said very importantly uh, in on this issue can only be addressed after the return uh, to that status quo. Uh, Vishnu, government sources have also told us that if there is no concrete progress in those talks with Beijing in the next few days, then uh, it may not be quote unquote worthwhile for the foreign minister to go to Beijing. Uh, so while I'm sure India is going to try uh, to to make sure this doesn't escalate to that level, I think the Indian side will definitely try and find a way out. At the moment, there is this cloud of uncertainty over Mr. Khurshid's visit and it comes on a day when Beijing has officially announced that he is supposed to come on the 9th. I day. think the most, uh, one
0: of the most important points that you've actually brought us is that India now making it clear, if China wants to talk about some of the other contentious areas along the line of actual control, that's fine, but they have to first move back from that Dalat Big oldie area, that old status quo has to be maintained. That perhaps is India's hardest position as yet as far as statements from the foreign ministry is concerned. We know locally at the, at the Ladakh level, army commanders were saying this, but now we've got the government saying this. This is a clear message to China perhaps.
1: Well, this is a very strong statement from the foreign minister Vishnu. Uh, Mr. Khrushchev told us in that interview uh, uh, repeatedly uh, that they are concentrating right now on getting this position to go back to status quo uh, before the 15th of April when this very serious incursion took place. And he said that uh, whatever concerns the Chinese have, those can only be discussed when we return to that status quo position. Uh, He said, uh, uh, in fact, uh, to us in that interview, uh, that we are trying to ensure that this adverse incident is reversed and that we can go back to the status quo, but he says that, you know, he, he cannot say with certainty uh, that uh, this would happen uh, by tomorrow. So obviously he's also indicating that these are tough negotiations that have been going on with the Chinese. We know that they haven't really softened their position, right. and uh, that is why uh, also it seems politically perhaps the government is now in two minds about whether it would be politically right for Mr. Khushi to be seen to be going to China if the Chinese are not going to back off. So I think the next few days are going to be crucial in terms of the diplomatic negotiations that take place to see that this visit can go through. Remember, Mr. Khrushchev's visit is important because the Chinese Premier is also supposed to come to India uh, later this month. And this visit was supposed to be a a stepping stone to that. So this could put a lot of things in jeopardy if he doesn't go. But like I said, they are making every effort right now as we speak to ensure that the visit does go ahead.
0: All right, Nithi, thanks very much for joining us with those details. Let's quickly move on now to our other big story. As India mourns the death of Sarabjit Singh, the Indian prisoner who was attacked and killed across the border, a Pakistani prisoner has been brutally attacked here in India. Is this a sign of the open anger in India after the murder of Sarabjit? Pakistan says this is a clear retaliation to the death of Sarabjit. Will there be no end to the cycle of hatred between India and Pakistan? Are India and Pakistan prisoners? of
2: violence.
3: India bidding farewell to a man forgotten for 23 years but now being honored as a martyr with state honors. A funeral attended by the who's who of Punjab's political heavyweights, including the Badals and Rahul Gandhi. A decade long fight of a sister to bring back her brother from a
4: Pakistani jail has ended, but it has sparked off yet another row between India and Pakistan and a competition between the Congress and the Shiro Muni Akalidal to use this and gather as much as votes as it can from this region.
3: Sarabjit's family waited for 23 years, hoping to one day welcome him home. But what they got instead was his body in a coffin. And Sarabjit's post-mortem done in an Amritsar hospital has revealed that the nature of injuries on his body clearly show it was a planned attack aimed at killing him. Pakistan has claimed Sarabjit was injured in a scuffle,
5: there was massive head injury, massive head injury in this case too, about of four hours, uh, plus or plus minus one hour on either side can be there. We are going to ask for the reports of histopathology, temporary nurses, postmortem report, all the hospitals got from
0: Pakistan.
3: And in a dramatic twist, the final journey of India's latest martyr coincided with the news of a Pakistani prisoner being brutally attacked in Jammu's Kot Bhalwal jail. This despite a Home Ministry alert to strengthen security in prisons with Pakistani prisoners after Sarabjit's killing. Even as entire
4: wind and villagers from across this area, the entire Punjab cabinet had gathered to pay its last tribute to Sarabjit Singh, another Pakistani
3: prisoner lodged in Kotlakpat jail in Jammu was being rushed to the hospital after being attacked. The prisoner, Sanaullah Ranje has now been airlifted to Chandigarh. The 55-year-old Sanaullah, lodged in the Jammu jail for the past 14 years, was attacked by another prisoner, Vinod Kumar, an ex-soldier. The superintendent of the Jammu jail and other officials have been suspended and an inquiry ordered. The story, uncannily similar to what happened to Sarabjit Singh in the Lahore jail. The Pakistan Foreign Office has termed this attack an obvious retaliation to Sarabjit's death.
6: It is imperative that an impartial investigation be carried out uh, to establish facts and to dispel the suspicions of complicity of the official authorities.
7: And there has an attack on uh, the Pakistan inmate uh, in Jammu jail. And the inquiry is being conducted.
3: The attack on the park prisoner has come at a time when many in India are accusing Pakistan of carrying out an extrajudicial execution of Sarabjit.
8: In our
4: jail there must be, have been some problem. there must have been We will find out. In, from Pakistan you will not know what has happened. Here at least you will know what was the cause, what happened and what was the ultimate result and the man will be all right.
3: There are 535 Indian prisoners in Pakistani jails and a total of 272 Pakistani prisoners in Indian jails. The Indian government is proposing mechanisms for safety of prisoners in both countries. But the big worry now is that the killing of Sarabjit and the attack on the Park prisoner may have pushed India and Pakistan further into the cycle of hatred and threat to the lives of those they are holding as prisoners. With Sen and Nazir Masudi, Vijay Kumar for NDTV. On India
0: Decides this evening Has India lost its diplomatic high ground after the vicious attack on a Pakistani prisoner in an Indian jail today? Joining us, Musharraf Zaidi, senior political analyst. He joins us from Pakistan. So, uh, we are also joined by uh, Professor Mehmoud Beg, Lok Sabha MP of the National Conference, Najma Hetullah, Senior Leader of the BJP, Vivek Kadju, Former Secretary in the External Affairs Ministry, someone who's dealt extensively with Pakistan as a diplomat, uh, and uh, Abid Rasul Khan, Member of the Congress Party. Thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, Musharraf Zaidi, let me come to you first. You know, in a statement by the Pakistani Foreign uh, Ministry a little while earlier on, You know, there was an answer where they said that Sarabjit was injured as a result of the scuffle between prisoners. On the other hand, Sana'ullah seems to be the victim of a direct assault. How can Pakistan reach that conclusion that Sarabjit was injured because of a scuffle and Sana'ullah was the victim of a direct assault? How does Pakistan reach that conclusion?
9: Well, uh, Vinod, you know that I left the Foreign Ministry in January, so I'm not able to speak for them or how they're reaching their conclusions. And the only conclusion that I've drawn from this uh, extremely unfortunate series of events uh, following the unfortunate events in January is that it seems that the addiction to hatred is stronger than the attempts at reconciliation and normalization, which our countries have been attempting mutually uh, for the past several years. Now,
0: that being said, isn't this statement bizarre because if indeed on the one hand our countries are trying to find a way forward, how can, how can Pakistan conclude that Sarabjit was injured as a result of a scuffle? There were six men who attacked him with blades, with bricks, uh, whereas on the other hand this appears to have been a scuffle from what we
9: know. Uh, in, in fact, there was a pickaxe that was used to, to wax an Aula over the head. That's yes, the, that was yes. the weapon of choice for Vinod Kumar. You see, uh, Vinod, I'm very happy to engage in a one-on-five, you know, sort of, you know, battle royale, which actually will further whet the appetites of both Indian and Pakistani viewers and we will keep going down this sort of downward spiral of, you know, attack and counterattack, uh, which I actually don't want to do. So I'm not speaking for the Pakistani Foreign Office. The spokesperson made the statement that he did. He's a very capable diplomat no, and, uh, and I him? know for a
0: fact. Do you, you therefore disagree with him?
9: No, I'm not the investigation authority. So, I, neither do I know what happened in Lahore with Sarabjit. Uh, I know that he's dead and I know that that negligence or other factors that, that, that took place... Uh, are responsible for his death. And I know that there's a man in a coma in Chandigarh uh, who also, both either because of negligence or negligence and other factors, is in that coma in Chandigarh. Those are the only things that I know. It's not my job. And there is an investigative process. There was an FIR that was uh, that was uh, registered, uh, Section 302, which is a case of murder against the attackers on Sarabjit. The prison officials have been suspended. And a similar set of, I think, uh, measures are taking place in India. And, uh, you You know, that's where we are. So getting into this, you know, I mean, dissecting the statement of the Pakistan Foreign Office spokesperson is probably not the best way to move forward, especially for a media, especially on your side, if you don't mind me saying, that has uh, really, uh, you know, has been uh, sort of very, very active. Uh, to, to find the most neutral word that I can use in uh, propagating this hysteria that that, that that has taken over in India. And uh, to an extent, I suppose, you know, it's understandable that an Indian national was attacked in a jail where he should have no, been but protected But is it necessarily hysteria?
0: Vivek Kaju, let me put that question to you. Is it necessarily hysteria what we are seeing in the, uh, in the Indian media or is it, or is it reflection of... This deep irritation and sadness that Sarabjit had to die—it's very unfortunate what's happened in Jammu today. But is, isn't this hysteria reflecting the reality of the equation between India and Pakistan?
7: No, I think I'd like to make Vishnu, if you permit, yes. a couple of points. Yes. First of all, uh, that uh, what, howsoever strongly we may feel on Sarabjit and the way he was treated uh, in uh, in Pakistan. No right thinking Indian would justify what has happened to Sana'ullah today. I think that's a clear point and that's a point which must be understood in Pakistan. Uh, I think uh, the authorities have uh, decided that uh, they will conduct an investigation and I have no doubt that that investigation will be in the traditions of the Indian uh, judicial system a fair and uh, full investigation in this matter. Having said that, two short points. I think one, all this is a residue of what happened on 2611. Our Pakistani friends simply do not appreciate that very large sections of Indian public opinion is still raw because of what happened on 2611 and because of the inaction in Pakistan on the perpetrators of that attack. Uh, I am not linking the two directly, but only to say that there is a sentiment here which the Pakistanis must address. Two, I think we need to have, India needs to have a realistic and consistent policy on Pakistan, but prisoners, fishermen, etc. have to be quarantined from the negatives of the Yes. of the relationship yes, and that is why in one of my recent articles I have suggested that the oversight for prisoners and fishermen should be handed over to the National Human Rights Commission on the Indian side and a similarly empowered body on the Pakistan side. You know this is, these are humanitarian issues, these are tragic issues. I have dealt with these issues as part of my diplomatic career for as long as six okay, years. Mr. Kaju, I just, I, I just want to get Musharraf to
0: respond to, to that earlier point that you were trying to make, that uh, that India still remains raw because of what happened in 2611, that it's not over for us. So, therefore, perhaps the anger that one, one sees in this country and which is reflected in the media, it's part of that, that there is a great deal of anger with the way things have gone with Pakistan. Just look at recently the incident of the line of control. Right then, Sarabjit dying, so so therefore there is an explanation for this, Musharraf.
9: Sure, of of course, of course there is an explanation. But uh, and uh, and I also would say that uh, you know there has been a lot of Pakistanis and sections of Pakistani opinion that have engaged in a process of trying to sort of understand and engage with the Indian imagination and express the sense of. Uh, If nothing, I mean, frankly, a sense of solidarity. Pakistan has been sort of, uh, you know, in Urdu we say channi uh, ho with repeated sort of wave after wave of terrorist attacks. Our, you know, very nascent democratic system. Just today, we had one of the candidates from the ANP that was killed in Karachi. We had a candidate from another party that was killed uh, in, uh, in Balochistan. So, you know, we have uh, a, a wave of terrorism that... that so we know what uh, Mumbai went through. And in a sense, uh, we're probably more frustrated because not only have there been no convictions on the Mumbai attacks, but there have been no convictions on any of the other attacks. The Marriott attack, the GHQ attack, the PNS Mehran attack. It seems that the Pakistani system is having a great deal of difficulty in managing and processing how to counter terrorism, how to counter violent extremism. And that's a problem that doesn't just affect India, it affects Pakistan more because of the volume of it that's that's taking place here. So, you know, uh, yes, we, we feel feel for the victims of Mumbai. We feel strongly that the perpetrators of Mumbai should uh, should be punished. Uh, we're dealing with a set of institutional crises that uh, that have made all of this much more difficult. And at this time, it's important that when it's really uh, you use the word quarantine and that's exactly the right word to treat the different aspects of the relationship in the context that they belong in and prisoner sarabjit should not have died he should not have been attacked he should have in fact you know at some point in time my personal view is that you know he should have been sent home yes. uh, after spending more than 14 years but but that doesn't justify and, and, no, and that is not I, I, an I don't, and i don't for think anybody is saying Sunahullah.
0: that it does what has happened today yeah. uh, professor mehboob just one I, quick word Mr. If Kaju, if I've got other panelists. One, one. I, will, I will come back to you. Uh, Mr. Kaju, I must go on to my other panelists. Fair. Professor oh, Beg, uh, what happened in Jammu today? I mean, law and order is a state subject. How could something as vicious as this take place, particularly when there was already an alert which said that Pakistani prisoners must be must be looked after to prevent this sort of an attack happening in an Indian jail? Hasn't India, therefore lost its its diplomatic moral high ground with Pakistan as a result of this attack.
4: Vishnu, you are absolutely right. Uh, This shouldn't have happened. Whatever has happened in Jammu shouldn't have happened. This is as painful and as unfortunate as whatever has happened in Pakistani jail. But it doesn't justify that. But what we have done in the state, immediately the home, you must have heard Home Minister of the state saying that the uh, medical superintendent of the jail, he has been put under suspension and an inquiry has been already started. But both acts, whether it happens here or it happens in Pakistan, both are condemnable, both are barbaric and both are brutal. And this shouldn't have happened. And we have to have a political will to move forward we can live as good neighbors as during Atal uh, Bahari Vajpayee's regime and when General Musharraf was in control in Pakistan. Uh, we have shown that we can live as good, neighbor, uh, good neighbors and that uh, that suits both countries. Not only both countries, we in the people, we the people of and Kashmir will be benefited most. I remember uh, when we had good relations with Pakistan. Uh, 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 one state which prospered and one state which benefited most was my state of Jammu and Kashmir. So I think uh, uh, tit for tat actions will not help. It's not in the interests of any of the two nations. So better would be to forget this bitter past and somebody has to show the political will to move forward because it's in the interests of both the nations to live as good neighbors and uh, to move forward, uh, forget about these bitter relations. But unfortunately, uh, what's happening is that we only cover up our mistakes, if you like. We cover up our loopholes in the system. We don't identify loopholes and mistakes and right. correct them. We right. only uh, believe in blaming it on. To, uh, it's like uh, hate it's India a reaction to what the, the situation. Is. Now, I, I just want to come Sorry. across uh, Professor Beg to Najma
0: Heptullah as well who has been waiting very patiently. I am Dr. Mehbu Beg. I am not Professor Vishnu. Uh, Dr. Maibu Beg. Uh, I am Dr. Mehbu yeah. Beg. Najma Heptullah, I just wanted to come across to you, ma'am. Uh, now, you know, I mean, the BJP has for the last couple of days been saying that the government has not done enough in terms of having dealt with the Sarabjit situation when, it was, when he was alive and when he was in that Pakistani jail. Uh, do you believe that it's, it's correct for the BJP to continue criticizing the government on this particular issue? A. The man is dead. B. There has also been this horrific attack on a Pakistani in an
2: Indian jail. You see, we have been criticizing much before that. And if we don't criticize the government of the day, whom should we criticize because i'll give you an example of the two marines from italy who did kill a person uh, the fisherman and uh, the the whole uh, italian government was in contact with the indian authorities we expected our government also to behave in that responsible okay. manner thank you instead thank of you. that what we got from pakistan is a dead body however uh, we are angry we are anguish we are sad uh, but it doesn't mean that uh, what happened in jammu and kashmir jammu jail we should condone It shouldn't have been done. It is very unfortunate. But uh, the gentleman, um, the Foreign Office gentleman Mr. Karju when he was talking about Bombay I would extend it to attack on the Parliament where innocent people, security people, those who do not even have guns or arms, they were killed to save all of us and Pakistan kept on denying. When the attack took place in Bombay, the Pakistan kept on denying that, uh, that um, the chap who was caught and was in the jail, Qasab, yes. was not a Pakistani. And when it was proved that he was a Pakistani, no action has been taken against those people who planned, executed the attack in Bombay. How can we compare India and Pakistan? Secondly, I would give you another example. Sarabjit Singh should have been in a singular jail, which uh, is called a condemnable jail where all the prisoners who are going to be hanged or punished or given a, um, a punishment to, to be hanged should be isolated from everybody else. How could people have in his case to kill him?
0: Uh, there were several it, mercy petitions in his case which is why he was perhaps
2: no, kept over the there. but the thing is in Jammu. It, in Jammu, the gentleman, the 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 prisoner who yeah. was there, was not a, a prisoner who was condemned to be no, hanged. He was serving so a life there term. are two different things. And as I know, and I have said it much before, Sarabjit was uh, he died. I said it. I think on one of the television channels that how could they have an access to him because he should have been in a separate Okay, I, I take the point, I ta- I take th- I take the point that you are, you, you are mentioning that, that there are important in the
0: differences in both these cases. Uh, Vivek Karchu, you had a point to make, go ahead.
7: Yes, I, a very small point with great respect to my Pakistani colleague. That uh, in all the instances of terror that in Pakistan that he has cited, it is Terror, which is indigenous B- mumbai and what we have faced has come from pakistan so it's not proper to uh, to link the two they have to be distinguished and our pakistani friends must understand this distinction only well, he's not here
0: to answer that we've lost the line uh, with pakistan he over there he but
2: equate it
0: right i but th- that's something that they do he's not here to answer that question but that's a point that that very often comes up i take that point you're mentioning over there abid rasul khan uh, one more aspect in all of this is what we've seen on the ground in Punjab today, where we see Sarabjit being made into some sort, he's being seen as a martyr, he's being seen as a hero, he's being seen as somebody who represents the core of what it is to be an Indian. And it seems that there are various political parties trying to gain political mileage in a sense from his death. Is that correct? Is that fair? Is that any way to actually honor this man? Or is it any way to actually deal with the situation?
10: Vishnu, <coughs> we have definitely honoured this man. Uh, the reason for that was the conviction of his in Pakistan was not right as made out uh, by number of cases and by the facts of the case. So obviously the whole of India believed that he was innocent and he was uh, killed for some ulterior motives or political reasons or like uh, the Pakistani gentleman Musharraf Zaidi said, because of their internal trifles and disputes. Now, the people who have been representing there were from all the parties, starting from Congress. Rahulji represented our party and then the foreign minister and then the local chief minister and his ministers. So now that was one moment where the whole nation stood up in grief and wanted to convey strongly that we are together. It was uh, preceded by a resolution in the parliament which was also unanimous. So there was basically no publicity stunt no possibility of a photo op as being made out by some channels it was a genuine grief for which we all stood up now the second aspect of the debate what i've been hearing i'm very happy to hear the uh, statements made by mr kadju because i also believe on that that uh, basically yesterday while speaking on a channel i said that at this is the time when we need to isolate uh, uh, the hardliners from the Proper secular thinkers uh, who are available in Pakistan also, as made out in the human rights statement, as well as the advocate who is working for us there. But I also said on the channel that the prisoners who are there in both the countries need to be secured, need to be uh, kept under watch, and they have to be secured to not to spoil further relationship because we can expect some sort of retaliation or something. But in this particular matter. Uh, again, BJP tried to take out a propaganda, tried to t- put me down saying that you are getting weak and your government is getting weak. Where are we getting weak? We have been pursuing this matter from the day one, from 2005. Manohan Singh at every instance has brought up this matter with the Pakistani people. And in 2012, we were successful at getting him released, but for the military pressure in Pakistan which stopped that release. We were also I would like to put out that in six years of NDA rule not one mention of Sarabjit was made in the exchange between the leaders of the countries either in Agra or in Lahore and not one consular access was uh, given right. to him. Yeah and secondly uh, Najmaji with great respect to her she is very senior to us. I would like to say that in Italian case also I was on your channel and number of channels made to accept that uh, they would come back and I had committed that they would come back. That was one of the very important decisions where we could uh, diplomatically get them back without having spoiling our relationship with Italy. So we just cannot be made out to be weak. We are working diplomatically everywhere. In Sarabjit case also, we have been working diplomatically with the maximum pressure. But as Mr. Uh, Z- Zaidi himself says that that uh, country is channi with the. Uh, uh, terrorists, okay. their country does not have a government in place, their country does all not right, have the right quite things clearly, to Quite clearly, yeah. We are dealing with yeah. a
0: tough neighbour. I would like to thank all of you yes. for joining us uh, on this debate. The larger issue of justice for Sarabjit remains but there is a valid question from Pakistan also that Sana'ullah has been attacked, somebody needs to get to the bottom of that attack as well. Well, we're going to move on now. Reports of a new set of meetings could create fresh controversy for the CBI. Just this week, the Supreme Court spoke of liberating the CBI from any political interference. But NDTV has learned that even with the controversy over the CBI cold report raging, there have been recent meetings between the Attorney General and the CBI Director, as well as senior Prime Minister PMO officials and the Director. Both sides have, however, described these meetings as being routine and related to other cases. Well, joining us now for more on this, NDTV's Sunil Prabhu and Sunetra Chaudhary. Sunil, what are the details that we are getting of some of these meetings?
5: Well, what's uh, really transpired is that there has been these meetings in the backdrop of the fact that uh, an affidavit has to be filed by the CBI director. It's in this context that the fact that the CBI director has met uh, with these uh, top officials. Of course, it's well within his jurisdiction, well within his job profile uh, to meet the Attorney General as well as Prime Minister's uh, office officials but of course it assumes significance in the backdrop as you said Vishnu to liberate it uh, from political interference so in this context these meetings assume significance they of course say it has nothing to do with the Colgate scam but in the public perception of things there is always this big question mark about the fact uh, that uh, there have been these uh, meetings uh, between uh, the CBI director and uh, top PMO officials as well as uh, what they say, the Attorney General.
0: Sunetra, uh, it just seems to a lot of people observing this closely that the Law Minister, Ashwini Kumar, has chosen to brazen it out with or without the active support of many members of, of his party, the Congress. Where, where do these latest revelations that more of these meetings actually have been continuing, how does that potentially uh, impact him or does it at all?
11: Well, it does, uh, Vishnu, in a way that you have to remember that on Monday and over the weekend, perhaps, CBI director is working and preparing his affidavit. As you know, Supreme Court wasn't at all uh, happy with the affidavit that he gave last time. It wants more details. It wants specifics. It wants names. And it wants to know who all were there. And we know that one of the people who were there at that ministry uh, meeting where the law minister made changes is also the attorney general who also uh, faces allegations according to Harik. Ravel's letter of having ordered some of those changes. Now in this backdrop where the Supreme Court has very clearly said that its objective is to free and autonomize the CBI in this backdrop for the government's law officer to meet with the CBI director is very, very contentious. In fact, according to a a senior law expert who we asked about their comment, they said very clearly that it is like tomorrow there is um, a hearing and the lawyer and the judge, who may be otherwise friends, who may be not discussing uh, this case at all, but it's just improper for them to meet or the night before for a meeting when a case is important case in their court is coming up. That's what they said. Now we asked the CBI Director Ranjit Sinha for his comments about this and he said that he wouldn't like to neither confirm nor deny. So he just declined to make any comment on this. But we'll wait and see whether the Supreme Court on Monday, uh, actually the court is hearing it on Wednesday, but on Monday the CBI Director gives all this in writing, whether the court, when it hears this matter on Wednesday, how it views these meetings. Vishnu. All right,
0: Sunitra and thank you very much for joining us. Moving on with serious doubts now on whether the foreign minister will go ahead with his visit to China. India, it seems, is hardening its position. NDTV has learned that India wants China to first restore the status quo in the contentious Dolat Beg Oldi region of Ladakh before discussing demands which have been made by China elsewhere.
6: The Chinese are showing no signs of a change of heart on its Ladakh incursion. India cannot make up its mind how to respond whether to send a strong signal and cancel the foreign minister's visit to Beijing. The visit is now less than a week away. Officially, the foreign ministry maintains Salman Khurshid's visit is still on. As regards
10: uh, speculation, I think the external affairs minister himself has said this, that
6: uh, uh, he intends to go to uh, Beijing. Uh, uh, and that's the last word on, on, on this. Top sources, however, admit the government is under tremendous pressure and a political call is yet to be made. Both the opposition and the government's own allies want tough action as the Chinese and Indian soldiers remain locked in a face-to-face situation. To counter the internal political storm, India has its soldiers deployed right opposite the Chinese tents. With the Chinese refusing to relent, and the government unsure, the opposition NDA today visibly shifted gears on the aggressive Chinese move in Ladakh. They walked up to the President of India with a
8: complaint. The
6: NDA memorandum to President Pranab Mukherjee has one significant line that the government must govern or it must go. The BJP's aggression on the Chinese incursion or the Sarabjit incident is an indicator that the BJP which has been attacking the UPA government on the issue of disarray on domestic issues is now targeting Prime Minister Manmohan Singh for failing at the international level. In a first for India, competitive politics is undoing an old tradition of political consensus on foreign policy issues. That is why the government today moved in to ensure that the majority in both the houses was with its initiatives. To improve its numbers, the government went back to Mulayam Singh Yadav, who till yesterday was breathing fire on the Chinese incursion.
10: China is the most हमारी फौज से जिसका तय तीनों चीफ को बलाएं, बातचीत करें और चीनियों को
4: हटाएं खदेड़े वहाँ से
12: चीन के लोग जो धीरे-धीरे हमारी हाथ में जो आ रहे हैं आ, मैं समझती हूँ ये बहुत गंभीर मामला है और सेंट्रल गवर्नमेंट को इसको मामले को लाइटली नहीं लेना चाहिए गंभीरता से लेना चाहिए और समय से ठ
6: Mulaim Singh Yadav may be placated, but the BJP which started late on the issue is now eyeing the Chinese presence in Ladakh as a policy issue. For the government, it's a case of the enemy at the border, strengthening the rival within. With Nidin Gokhale in Delhi, Rahul Shivas for TV.
0: Well, a couple of issues as the Foreign Minister looks at whether or not he's actually going to go to Beijing because there have been no clear signals from China on whether he should actually come Uh, the the question that we're looking at now is whether India needs to finally be more proactive as far as China and that standoff in Ladakh is concerned. Joining us uh, Major General Sheru Thaplial, he's somebody who served a great deal of time over there knows that area like the back of his hand Bharat Karnad, Research Professor in National Security Studies at the Centre for Policy Research thanks very much for being with us Abid Rasul Khan of the Congress is back with us uh, once again as is Najma Heptollah. Najma Ji if I can come back to you Um, is it necessarily mature for for the BJP to keep making demands that India needs to be more proactive against China in that particular area. It's very difficult for all sorts of of military reasons as well and is it in our interests to actually escalate this into a potential regional conflict? Najmaji, can you hear me? All right, we don't seem to have that line. Yes, I can hear you. All right, Najmaji, the the question I am asking you is that, is it wise for the BJP at this stage to actually push, to escalate the situation potentially by asking for more action? The government feels that wait and watch is the best way forward.
2: You see, we met the Honorable President today. Not only the BJP, but the entire NDA leadership and members of parliament called on the Hon. President, he listened to us. Uh, Mr. Advani, uh, who is the Chairman of the NDA, explained very clearly and our leader, uh, our President, Mr. singh Singhji also spoke. The main thing what we are concerned is that the government should take into confidence the uh, other opposition parties also. Because it is not a matter just for the government, it is a matter concerning the whole so nation. you don't have
0: a position, and ma'am, at this stage situation? on whether India should government be more proactive with China. All you are trying to say is that the opposition needs to be brought so into confidence.
2: What? Will you please let me complete my sentence? Whatever we told the president, it is being explained to the press by our spokesperson. I cannot add anything to it. But my concern as a citizen and a member of the BJP of the opposition party is that Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru, whose name the Congress invokes every now and then, used to take his chief ministers also into confidence. And here the leaders in Delhi are not taken into confidence. The major opposition party, the other opposition parties, the Congress or the UPA should take them into confidence and, and tell them what is the situation. Abid isn't that a very fair demand the from the BJP that look, the everybody media.
0: needs to know because India's position seems to so many people seems to be ambiguous. We are just waiting and watching while they are apparently 19 kilometers inside what we believe is our territory.
10: Vishnu, <coughs> there are two things. One is, uh, as Nazma Ji is saying, that the opposition needs to be taken into confidence. We have nothing against that. We would be very happy to take them into confidence. But the fact remains and uh, the fact is that BJP does not want to come into confidence, does not want to discuss, does not want to debate. They only want to boycott everything starting from the Speaker down to the CBI. So, in this such a situation, when they go back on their word in the Parliament and start abusing Congress and they expect the Congress to bend down their heads and sit there silently, so that is, that is where the differences arose. If there have been a positive response from them, if they would have sat down and debated, they would have been taken into confidence in the highest authority that is the Parliament of India. Now, my point here is BJP's whole drama of this going and meeting the President and all that is not very clear. You can, uh, like as you ask them about their policy, they are not clear on the policy. Their whole drama is towards uh, Karnataka and the voting dish is going to happen there on Sunday. Okay. But the people of India have looked through that. The people of India also knows that the topographical area where this intrusion of China has happened, it's a bulge which next to Karokoram Pass where the Chinese have come and squatted uh, at a border. So we are not going to leave one inch of our land. We have not left one inch of our land in the last thirty-two years. Our diplomacy is being no, geared up. But you got somebody
0: uh, else on our land apparently. Yes. I, I just want to yes, I just want yes, to come to that.
10: Um, well, let me let me complete it. Very small. Yeah, I will finish yeah, it off. Yeah, and yeah, we, are, yeah. we are we are we have got a lot of more firearm in our hands by diplomatic standoff, trade also, and the pra- uh, premier's visit also. We will use everything required to get back uh, those people to their line of control. I can assure you that.
0: Okay, General Tapian. Militarily, since you know that area so well, is it not possible for us to in a very limited fashion do something more militarily without
12: escalating it in that area? In this area? Yes. No, I am afraid not. Because the asymmetry in the force levels which the Chinese can bring against us and what we can build up there is so great that anything, if we provoke a clash there, we are going to be in a terrible situation. You know the sector is entirely air maintained whereas the Chinese have the western highway coming there. They can bring a rapid division there in three days time from the mainland China. We cannot even take a battalion there in fifteen days. That is the asymmetry Mm -hmm. between the two force levels. But Vishnu let me tell you this is to go historically. This is a self-inflicted injury, self-created problem because what had happened in 1950 we published a white paper on this western sector. Along with that white paper we attached a map of survey of India in which this area was shown in a colour wash. No boundary was shown Right. and then after some time when they realized their blunder, they withdrew these maps but by that time the whole world had got and the Chinese also have that okay, copy so of that map I am sure that is why have we ever told the chinese that this is our territory right. the entire Aksai Chin, you go back from here tell me have we ever no it remains completely ambiguous exactly because but if the negotiations start chinese sure. will show that map tomorrow and say look here you yourself have said this is ambiguous so what that are you talking being said about?
0: bharat karnat is there any other area where we fe- where you feel that india perhaps militarily if if we can't do it there in another area needs to make our presence more felt to the chinese they don't seem to care at all No, I think... uh, They don't care about us, they don't care about the Japanese, they don't care about anybody in the South China Sea. Well,
8: about the Japanese and other people I don't know, but I think uh, the contempt, uh, as far as we are concerned, is well-deserved. Meaning that the Chinese contempt of us is well-deserved. The fact of the matter is that we have never been um, aware, if if we have been aware, we have not uh, done very much about it. Uh, about the China threat. We keep sort of harping on the western border and so on and so forth. Most of our military orientation is Pakistan. Yes. And it's a ridiculous situation where the lesser foe is being defensed against while the much larger, more challenging foe uh, goes unaddressed. And this has happened for the last 60-odd years. Now, suddenly you wake up uh, and, and you are agog with an incident of this kind. You can't have sudden um, marshalling of forces and infrastructure built up overnight. That takes time. And you have done nothing of the kind all these years. And then what's the point in everybody uh, jumping up and down and saying, well, be proactive? They have, it's you a have to have, that's what you're saying. You have to have infrastructure and the built-up facilities to be proactive, to facilitate your pro-action. Uh, but you have been diplomatically uh, knavish, you have been militarily defensive, passive, and then you suddenly now expect to go on the offense, is it? Yeah. I mean, the whole point is, you are not oriented yeah. that way. Abhij
0: will can't uh, respond to that, that that effectively India can't do anything. And we, we've shot ourselves in the foot. We can only say we are waiting and we are watching and you know, things will get better and the Chinese
10: always eventually go back. It, nothing of the so sort seems to be happening. Basically, the, uh, Vishnu, that is not the right perspective. Uh, I would like to tell you this, that there is a border which is uncharted and which is not fenced or which is not demarketed, ranging from 4,500 kilometres to 4,000 kilometres, which is from north to south. So, even in India, it goes more than that. So, at that level of border, at those altitudes, it is very difficult to demarket and keep uh, proper forces there on a continuous basis. But we have been working on a relationship with China continuously to see that uh, they also don't do any intrusions. We also don't uh, excite them or create any problems. And whenever there was a situation of a face-to-face situation, they have reacted, we have reacted and they have gone back. No, but it sir, the, the one point that, that, that
0: you mentioned that
10: there the, the area cannot be demarcated because of,
0: of altitude, sir. That doesn't that doesn't seem true anymore, sir. No, I d-
10: We've no, got some I mean of the, the world's advanced No, demarcated with a fencing sir, or a demarcated. proper border the way we have done with Pakistan. That is what I meant. Okay. The way Pakistan border has been totally fenced and demarketed. This this particular area cannot be done like that. That is what I understand but the experts on the panel will be able to be, throw better yeah, okay, light on right. that. Yeah, right. Yeah secondly very briefly secondly yeah, yeah, yeah very, briefly, sir, go secondly, ahead. Yeah, very I'm, I'm finishing it off secondly the, as far as our policy is concerned we are very consistent and taking it from arunachal to ladakh we are consistent and we are working on it that has uh, given us fruits in the last 32 years where there have been no intrusions this particular incident definitely is a matter of worry for us and we are taking it very so there seriously there have been
0: chinese intrusions with impunity in 2011 there were more than 50 of them now, they not, can say that we not have not also gone into their yes, area, was, but yeah, if you look at it from an India standpoint, yeah. it is a it's a lose-lose situation, particularly in the Ladakh region. Perhaps not so elsewhere where we are, perhaps more uh, militarily fortified. Isn't it a lose-lose yeah. situation for us? No,
10: definitely, in Ladakh? Not. definitely not. In Ladakh, we are very much there firm and as you know, in this particular area also we have an airstrip. We have our regiment there, Ladakh Scout, who are patrolling continuously, and there have been not much of intrusion. The best part is the local people who are there are also supporting the Indian government and the Indian forces. Well, that in seems to be the Saudi only thing that that you know, that's in our favour. That is the that is, a, that is a main main uh, support for us because when, the local. one way or, or the other, it's, it's
0: it's it's yeah. disheartening in so many senses. Militarily, we can't do anything over here. Diplomatically, so nothing can, seems to be working for us. Still, we Historically, we see, we don't seem to have done enough in this situation. And China is sitting in a place we believe to be our own. What's the way out? Who knows? It's time now for us to take a short break. I'd like to thank all our panelists for joining us. You've been watching India Decide.